Welcome to my first ever episode of my podcast. My name is Christian Pillay and I will be your host this evening. I am coming to you live from Johannesburg, South Africa. It is 8.32 p.m. So it is pretty dark outside. I am a young man from, well, obviously, you know, Johannesburg, South Africa. And I am an author. Oh, well, right now at this point in time, I'm a writer. I'm yet to be a published author. I'm also a software developer, which is my day job. I also am a musician, a guitarist specifically. I play in my church, Christian Revival Church of CRC. Uh, go check them out, they're amazing if you go to church, if you're a Christian, or even if you're not, it's awesome. Uh, I'm also a guitarist in, um, in a band, Scarlet Collider, who are yet to publish any of our work, but you know, stay tuned. Definitely gonna have some really awesome uh, rock tracks and and stuff coming from there. So back to the core of why we're here. Wanted to write a book in 2014 because I was inspired by a dream that I had. And one thing led to another. And uh, that dream slowly began to you know, snowball as I started asking questions about the world and everything. And eventually it, the idea to write a book came about. And dot, dot, dot. This is now 2017 and I am just maybe two, three, maybe just over a month away from completing the first draft of my manuscript. Then I begin my editing phases um, as well as preparing for every of the other things that requires to go with the book launch. So why am I starting this podcast? It has been an incredible journey so far. I mean, this journey started way back in 2014 and I've learned a lot over the past three years. Uh, mostly about story creation. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've learned a lot about writing. Um, as an as a writer or soon to be author, you have to learn a lot about the trade and requires. And I'm just just so you're clear. I'm not any crazy, you know, fancy English major or anything like that. I my major at university was computer science, so English is definitely not my. It's my first language, but it's definitely not something that I would say I'm well-versed in, in writing. Well, at least at the level, professional level. But that's how I started. And I've done so much of research and stuff into how to write and, and, and reading books and just learning all the techniques that go with it. So I definitely will get better. And I know that my finished book is gonna definitely be off that professional level. The main part about this whole journey that I wanna talk to talk to you about or what this entire podcast is going to be based off is the actual story creation. So everything that goes goes with it, from building the world to building the history of the world to building your characters to planning out the character progression to thinking about your villains, thinking about um, things, details in the world, those are things that I am really good at. And those that's, that is the part of the journey that I find the most interesting part of the journey that I actually really want to share more focused on specific topics in every episode that we're going to be covering but that is the that is the part that I definitely like to share and I think that any writer out there or fiction author 
or fiction writer would definitely benefit from listening to my thoughts and my meanderings and, you know, giving me some feedback in the comments or, you know, hitting me up on Facebook or whatever it is. Or, and, and it can really lead to some interesting con conversations and, you know, we could all learn a thing or two. I definitely could learn some new things and I'm really open to any of my listeners out there who would, who would be willing to share some of the experiences um, in this, on this particular topic. So let's talk about episode one. Now, the first thing with any idea or any story is a world. The first part about building any story is it has to spawn from some sort of idea. Whether it's, you know, something that you see or someone that you see or it's a dream like it was for me. Or whether it's, you know, you see something on TV, you watch some anime, you play a video game. Uh, or something that really perplexes you about the way things work in the world. Or if you just imagined how things would be differently. Those are all valid forms of inspirations that can lead to ideas that you would like to build your, to build your world around. So there's a couple of, so let's, let's start this now. This would be more, much more better if we had an example. So a couple of weeks ago, one of my friends, um, shout out to Christina, if you're listening, she, uh, her iPhone, uh, it died and just a screen went blank and that sort of thing. And she asked me to send a message to uh, our WhatsApp group of friends, uh, telling them that, you know, like a phone is busted and that sort of thing. So. I took it as an opportunity to make a little bit of fun. So what I did was I gave her, um, I sent a message saying, you know, Christina's phone is, is complete, is completely total because she had an accident with a pigeon like this. Okay. This was completely random. I didn't really think about this because it, she had an accident with a phone, which involved a one eyed pigeon and orange and a bucket of rainwater. It's completely three completely random things. But here's the thing. Can we build a world on a story from this particular idea? Now, just remember what we've got here is we've got we've got a one-eyed pigeon, we've got an orange, and we've got a bucket of rainwater. So let's so so when I started thinking about this when I first mentioned it, I thought, hmm, there's something here. But my mind obviously, because I'm writing a book, it naturally took the story and try to place this particular three items or these these three things into my world that I've created. So let let's let's go with let's discuss that as 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 a practical idea and I just hope that whoever's listening to this here can really understand or really figure out how to build a world from an idea or at least start yourself on the way to it. Well, I believe this is the first step um is asking these questions. And that's how I believe is the idea goes, it goes from an idea to a world which, which you drop your characters in and that in turn becomes a story. But we'll get to that. So let's, let's, let's start with this one-eyed pigeon. So the first question we've got to ask is, okay, so we've got a pigeon. If Christina's phone was broken and she had an accident involving a one-eyed pigeon, an orange, and a bucket of rainwater. Now, how how would the orange pigeon and the rainwater cause a phone to break? Okay, let's see. One story could be that she tripped on an orange because she was looking at the one-eyed pigeon through a window, or 
outside and her phone fell into a bucket of rainwater. Um, the other one is that she had a phone on the windowsill and the one-eyed patient got there while she was eating the orange and then the phone fell into the bucket. Which is cool. However, what I came up with was she was on a phone texting, she got into her apartment and when she got into her apartment she saw a window open and she saw the one-eyed pigeon torturing the orange in a bucket of water. Now, this is, it's, it, it's an interesting sort of concept or sort of way in which those three things got combined together and you could build a story around any one of those ideas in the way in which you combine them. But f for my purposes, I'm going to go with the pigeon torturing the orange, the bucket of the water and Christina walking in on it. So how, how would we, now let's, now let's just say that this is my idea. Now, how does this go from idea into an actual story with characters that people are gonna care about, with a world that's full of intricacy and history? that people are going to wanna know more about. So I believe that the first thing that you gotta do is you gotta ask questions. So let's start with the questions that we have. So the first thing of all is, okay, so it's a one-eyed pigeon. So the questions we could ask about the pigeon is, or the first most obvious one is why does the pigeon only have one eye? Maybe the pigeon lost that eye in a fight. Maybe that, who was that fight with? Um, did the pigeon win the fight? Did the pigeon lose the fight? What happened to the other person, other thing, other animal in the fight? Maybe this pigeon is has one eye because it's a special type of pigeon. Maybe this is the one-eyed pigeon king, or the one-eyed pigeon prince, or the one-eyed pigeon queen, or the one-eyed pigeon, you know, some legendary pigeon out there. So now, let me, let me go to orange now. If somebody's torturing an orange, in a bucket of water, then I think they're washing the orange, which was so pointed out to be one of my other friends, Covey. So it's very interesting. It's actually it's actually quite funny when washing the orange is a point of torture. But how would you torture the orange by well, water bottle? I'd imagine it's is a bucket of water, or like drowning, or like just dunking the head in there. So that means orange, I'd imagine, can speak and can breathe. Otherwise, it wouldn't. They wouldn't bother with a bucket of water. So the next question you can go is, how can an orange speak? But more specifically, does it have a mouth? Does it communicate telepathically? Can it breathe? And even if it can breathe, it's an orange. Does it have lungs? You know, what does it do for How does, what does it produce the air for? So, well, obviously, and this is where the questions get, can get very intricate, but the as they say, the devil is in the details. And I believe that when trying to create these type of stories, you need to delve into those minute details when building your world because that becomes the foundation in which everything else can occur. So if we if we think about this orange and the fact, you know, that it needs it needs air. Now our orange is, you know, well, it doesn't really have any organs or anything in it. But if something like the pigeon, if the pigeon could speak it's naturally assumed that it has a, something supernatural is allowing it to speak or something's changed in its brain chemistry that, because we all know they can make noise. So taking that noise and forming it into words that humans can understand is just a portion of, I, well, I believe in, in it. It's 
it's it's mainly the actual brain coming together in a way that it allows communication between pigeons and humans. But an orange, orange doesn't have a brain, doesn't have organs, doesn't have anything. So that means that if this orange did come to life, it would have to be through some sort of supernatural means, or we could even include science into it, but, I mean, that just opens up a whole other doorway. I mean, what kind of science could make an orange sentient? So, I mean, that's, that's, that's quite an interesting debated topic, I'd imagine, when it comes to the orange. And it's interesting to see how we could take a small thing like an orange, a talking orange that's getting waterboarded by a one-eyed pigeon, and delve into such deep questions about science and, super, and, and it being supernatural. But that's the most important thing, is that we're asking all these questions, because if we extend it into making a story, that means we want to ask, somebody's going to ask the question, is that if this orange can talk, what happened to all the oranges? Because fruit usually isn't solo, it's usually accompanied by other fruit. I mean, you don't keep a single banana in your bowl. You don't go to the supermarket and buy a banana and orange, just one of them. I do. I know I do. I don't. I, I go and I buy a box of bananas. I buy a whole bunch of oranges or apples or whatever and I keep them together. So if one can speak, what about the rest of them? And if it's just this one that can speak, why, why can't the other speak? And why is this one special? So it's these questions that you ask that can really really flesh out the details in the world and it's those it's and 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 believe it or not like asking this question about why can this orange speak or how can it speak gives way into allow into you to thinking about rules uh, on how things can come to life in this world so maybe there's a supernatural object that can bring stuff to life maybe it's a supernatural object that can cause the one-eyed pigeon king to to be able to speak or maybe animals in this world could always speak, all animals can speak, and all animals are sentient, and all animals are, are things, except maybe they hide from, they, they don't talk to humans, or maybe, you know, because that's the cliche, I mean, animals don't want to talk to humans, and it's a secret thing where they, you know, talk behind our backs and that sort of thing, but just maybe animals are speaking to humans, and exactly how, just imagine, and then you can ask yourself the question, how does the world exist? Is it the world that we know today? Because then a lot of the groundwork is already done. The history of the world, World War One, World War Two, you know, Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela, all those people, Abraham Lincoln, all those people may have already existed in this world. But this whole relationship with animals, how did it affect all of their uh, relationships or their stories? What happens if maybe, say, Joan of Arc? Now, we all know the story of Joan of Arc. She goes in there to the French army and she's hearing the voices of angels. And what happened if those voices of those angels actually weren't voices of angels? What if they were the animals talking to her? What if there's a telepathic animal? I highly doubt there's a telepathic animal, but my point being is that once you start asking all these questions, you can really delve into the details of the history of the world. And I believe that it's, it's that particular detail that's really, really, really going to flesh out the details in the world. Because in any book, let's just look at the, f the more famous ones we know. My favorites are like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, the, the whole like you know, Marvel comic books and DC comic books and that sort of thing. In those, in this is the, let's look at Harry Potter. In Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling has done an amazing job of creating a world. She created a world that has a rich history that exists that coincides with our world. She created a world that that has all these fantastic characters, but those characters are learning the history 
of that that like that that new world that she's created and as they are learning the history of the world so are we learning the history of the world and the way in which she builds this world up and you learn the more the history of it and and everything it's it just it just makes you more invested in that universe because there's so many details it's it it creates this this place that you can go to in your mind where you can imagine what it would be like to be part of that world it's exactly the same thing with lord of the rings it starts off with this this awesome tale about you know there's sauron and then there's the rings and and all these people and then that's the history of the world that it starts teaching you about and then it trips all the way to forward with you know frodo and gandalf and aragon and all these characters but they exist in this world and they also are learning bits and pieces of the history as it go along like i can always stand to be corrected but i know aragon aragon is a part of a race that's that is sealed line which is blessed to have naturally long life and it's not something that you learn right at the start of you know right you know from the get-go when he's introduced it but it's something that you learn later on in the book as you're reading it and but it's a detail that explains so much about his character it's a detail that explains a little bit about the history of his particular line what about Gimli and the dwarves I mean if you look in the greater part of the whole lot of the rings universe Gimli and the dwarves they are explained and they are talked about in a fair amount of detail you know you learn a lot about the dwarves and the hobbit and you learn a little bit more about them as the main lord of the rings go go through but that's a separate set of history for the dwarves and then there's also a separate set of history for the elves for men and not just men there's gondors there's the gondorians i think that's the gondorians yeah there's rohan uh you know, there's and the hobbits. Don't forget about the hobbits. I mean, there's 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 a unique history for every single race that is in this world, and it's every single person who reads them is gonna identify with a different race. So one of my so okay so let's just for the record, in Lord of the Rings, I love the dwarves. I love the gun, uh, the people men of Gondor. I hate the orcs. I don't like the hobbits. I mean, Frodo is cool as a character. He he is cool. Sam is cool. Mary is cool. Pippin is cool. But the rest of the hobbits, the culture and that sort of thing, I don't like them. But I love all the other races, like you know, well, Gondor and 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 the dwarves and you know, so I would imagine some of the elves, not all of them. I really love those races. But but that's awesome because me as a person, I identify with those races more than I identify with the hobbits, and that is particularly because of the amount of detail that goes into this this world that he's created the history of the hobbits the history of the the baggins uh family the sex the sackville baggins i think it's I, I think if i'm pronouncing it correctly yeah that's those uh, and back to my original point is that all of these things starts off with an idea that tolkien had an idea that jk rowling had and they started asking all these questions and they never ever just brushed over a question every single question that they had every single question that we've talked about now they answered and every single answer leads to a little bit of detail a brick in the wall that is the entire and the entire world and i believe that you know if if you're writing a book out there 
and if, if you're aspiring or working or want to write a book but this is specifically fiction if you're thinking about writing something thinking even if you're writing a comic book if you if you draw in a manga you draw in a comic book if you're thinking about coming up with a screenplay if you're thinking about you know bringing characters to life on the radio all those mediums of communication or, st- or mediums of storytelling rather every single one of them is is unique in which they have certain techniques in which you bring those characters you bring that story onto the reader so that you must there whatever sense that you are occupying the the thing is is that the story behind it and the elements in that goes into creating that story remain the same you still have to build a world it still has to come from idea this still has to be characters this still has to be character progression i'd imagine when it comes to games um the story writing is a bit different because you have things of the format of the games where like you know like quests and you have uh with games i'd imagine like especially like if you look at a game like the witcher uh 3 specifically uh the story has to be not linear but it you know in that game it has to be it has to work together in such a way that you you pay attention to way to the way the game is being played or the character is moving around in this world so you're giving a person free freedom of free free reign in this entire place and you're like trying to get them to uh, to get to a certain point but how they which they get there or the time in which they get there is different so storytelling in games obviously is going to be different based on the format of the game the the genre all of those things so it is it is different and but i i believe that that world that they made with the witcher and the author who written originally wrote the book that the witcher is based on i'd imagine he began this entire thing it, like the whole world just didn't come to him i don't believe that this okay if there's an author out there that the world just came to them in their dream like an entire thing as it is then you know like that's awesome like you know but for us mere peasants out here who have to work through the story and like figure everything out it starts with asking these questions and this is this was been this is probably been one of my favorite parts of the entire journey of bringing this book to life is fleshing out every single thing in this world and i know you may as you start and i will say this because this is happened to me a lot one of the most important tools that you can use to represent your story which is i suppose a fair thing that we should speak about when when coming up and dealing with these questions is it's not enough to just write them down no it's not because when you write something down and you read it you it's it's just a question on the page it's it, the question needs to occur in a context if that if you know if that makes any sense so if you have the elements of your idea so the one eye pigeon king the orange christina her phone let's just assume that those are the four things the four okay i suppose we could include the bucket of water I don't know what the relevance of a bucket of water would be but let's just include this. So just imagine um you know if you watch those cop shows or those you know um, any one of those those cop shows and people are trying to figure stuff out or you see them trying to figure out an investigation and they're trying to find out you know who the murder this guy they have all their pictures on the wall of of all the suspects and then you have all the bits and pieces of information that are tagged on the board below them and some of them have strings connecting this to that and this person to that person or this person to this action that's exactly as well it's the technical term i suppose is a spider diagram um so, so i think i think i think that's it 
but that is the tool that I believe is the most effective, well, was the most effective for me. The only way that I could really, really figure anything out is if I put those ideas down, you know, as points on this like sort of spider diagram. And then I started trying to link, okay, so why is the pigeon, the pigeon, well, I linked up the natural relationships that I had as, as, as per my idea. So the line went from say the pigeon to the orange because I knew that the, the pigeon was trying to kill the orange or wash the orange, I don't know. And then I know that the, uh, the, the bucket of water was used. So maybe a bucket of water is an effective tool in torturing fruit. Who knows? But that is a valid question. And then you have Christina and her cell phone here. So why was, I mean, this, this pigeon is, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. I mean, it's one eyed, it's doing all its things. It's, it, I don't think it really cares if somebody throws a phone at it. I mean, it's a pigeon. I'm pretty certain it can dodge it. And it's kind of small as well. But then that's the question now. Was, what was, was the pigeon afraid of a phone? Was the pigeon afraid of humans? I mean, maybe the pigeon's not afraid of humans. See, you'd never know what the answers to all these questions are until you ask them. But in order for you to ask them, you first need to put it in a format in which you can ask them. So, so maybe if you put it in the spider diagram and you ask yourself, you start asking the questions of like, okay, what, what, what's all the questions I can ask about the pigeon? And then you think about, okay, why can the pigeon talk? So maybe something made it talk. So if something made it talk, then that's another element that has a line drawn to the pigeon. And did that same thing that made the pigeon talk, did it make the orange talk? And I would say the answer is yes. So that means that thing has a line drawn to the orange. So now you have a common thing connecting the pigeon and the orange. Now the question you've got to ask yourself is any of the other things, elements that I have in the story related to that thing? So maybe that particular item that's bringing things to life will bring Christina's phone to life at some point. Or maybe that thing that brought stuff to life, maybe that's linked to Christina in some way. Or maybe it's something that's a family heirloom or that's how she gets involved in this entire thing. So the way in which you represent your idea and the way in which you plot it out is, I think it, it really is important. And if you're like me, then you're a visual person then that's, that's definitely something that you can, you can really, you know, I would say like sink your teeth into because as soon as you look at it, it's just visual and it's right up in the face and you, and because you have these lines that are connecting things, it automatically puts your mind into a, a sort of like predisposition that you're, you're trying to connect this item to something else or this thing to something else. So, the, the the medium in which you represent your idea when you're first working with it is super important because that is what's really going to try and it's all about inspiration really i mean if if a certain medium works for you in bringing forth this uh, this uh, an idea or bringing uh, helping you to make the story better or, or find those relationships or find those answers then that's a medium for you personally for me the spider diagram worked and i've come up with a whole universe in my book and and I've come up with you know um, a different a single set a single story that exists at one point in time in that universe and then I have other stories that exist in other points in time but in the same universe and because they're in the same universe uh, they are all linked together and small details in the story that I'm currently writing are definitely going to be showing up in the other parts uh, the other stories 
that uh, that I'm writing as well. Yeah, so I think that's uh, that's it for our first episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed what I had to speak to. I hope it was thought provoking in some way for for anyone, any aspiring writer out there. And just you you know, I, I don't mean to harp on the same fact again, but uh, just there's a small disclaimer is that. I, I really am I'm not a published author. I am an aspiring author, but I am a writer. And I definitely understand the struggles and stuff that, that goes with, 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 with the job of writing a book and coming up with a story and that sort of thing. And I, I'm really happy to, you know, have um, to share this journey with, with everyone. So, that's, so that comes to the end of the episode. And I think... Uh, I think that's a logical place to to really stop. I don't want I could I could talk you guys years off about this topic. I I love talking about it as you know. Uh so well let's stop it right there and let's end it for this week's episode. Uh next week we're going to get a little bit more in depth into the characters that you could portray and what are the things that you need to think about when when coming up with characters or what are the things you need to talk about for your characters when adding them to a story. So once again, my name is Christian, the nameless antagonist, and I hope every single one of you have a fantastic night, morning, day, wherever you are. And just remember, when in doubt, keep writing. When you're sure, keep writing. And when you're unsure, keep writing. So that's me. Goodbye. <laughs>